Welcome to another Steelers pregame breakdown podcast on DK Sports Radio. I'm Dan Kovacevic, joined by our beat writer, Dale Lolly. And Dale, it's Steelers versus Colts, 102 p.m. kickoff. And I am having an impossible time envisioning the Steelers just snapping their fingers after Cincinnati and turning everything around. What about you? Uh, you know, I, I, I've gone back and forth and went back and forth on this game all week long in terms of, okay, the, uh, you know, you look at the Steelers and the way they're playing, and I know people are looking at the Colts and saying, well, they've they've won five of six. Uh, but when you look at who they've beaten in that stretch and, and, you know, what they've given up defensively and not – they've not been as good either, and that's, that's the, the point of this. Uh, then they lose both offensive tackles, uh, starting offensive tackles, their right and left tackle this week. I, I just have a feeling that the Steelers get things back together this week and find a way to win this game. Um, I don't believe that they're going to finish the season on a, on a five or six game losing streak. I just, I, I just find that hard to believe that a team that won 11 straight games will suddenly lose everything completely and fall apart. Yeah, I guess for that to be the case, uh, you're going to be looking at primarily the offense. Uh, the defense was going to do its thing pretty much regardless. You've seen them fade a little bit in the last couple of games or at least have untimely hiccups in the second half. But at the same time, they've still looked like the defense for the most part. We'll get to them in the second segment of this show. This portion is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes these socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable and warmer than wool. Treat yourself or a loved one to a gift. Still, you can do gifts still with a pair from warrioralpacasocks.com. Use code DK to receive 15% off your first order. Let's start with the offense Those would certainly come in handy, too, at Sunday's game. (laughs) It's going to be cold. That's what I I hear. Uh, Alpaca, by the way, is spelled A-L-P-A-C-A. So when you type that into your browser, it's warrioralpaca, A-L-P-A-C-A, Socks. Com. And again, the code is 15% off by typing in DK. Uh, let's start with the offense, Dale, because I don't know that we can progress beyond the offense, uh, the way the Steelers are just, I don't recall the Steelers. It's been a long, long time. Let's put it that way, since the offense looked the way that it did Monday night in Cincinnati. Um, what is, what's the hope there, trying to find something positive here? Well, the hope is, is that Ben Roethlisberger regains uh, his composure a little bit and and starts to play better. I mean, that was probably the worst half of football in the first half of that game uh, that I've seen him play, and I've seen every single one of his starts in his 17-year career. So, you know, I, I think that's the thing that you have to look at and say, okay, was that as bad as he can play? Yes, that's as bad as he can play. Missing open receivers, uh, throwing behind receivers, not not making the right reads. So, you know, the, the hope for them is that, and it has to be, that he plays better. And if that happens, uh, they can win this football game. I think they can look at this from the standpoint, okay, in the second half, he was better against the Bengals. Uh, of course, then the defense, you know, let up a touchdown. So they, they need Ben Roethlisberger to come out and start better. He can't have these continued first quarter blahs where they don't move the football at all. Um, you know, you can you can live with a punt, uh, you know, on, on your possessions. What you can't live with are cont- uh, continuous three and outs, and that's how they've started each and every one of their last five games. 
with a three and out on the opening possession. They need to move the football a little bit. If it's going to be a field position game, and this one certainly looks like it will be, then you have to win the field position battle by, you know, first of all, holding the football a little bit to give your defense a rest, but also gaining some yards. Uh, you know, when you do have the ball, you know, so if you know if you get the ball at your own 20 and you move it out to the 50, you've just flipped the field on the other team. So that's what needs to happen here. Then you allow the defense to maybe, you know, get the, get its feet under it a little bit, uh, create some turnovers, create some pressure and get you the football in some good situations. Yeah, that that's really I mean, the three and outs are just on top of everything else, Dale. They have such a deflating feel to them because it's the first series, it's the second series, it's the three series. And by the time you're at the end of the fourth, fourth first, sorry, the first quarter, Jordan Barry's already ready to have his leg amputated. It's it, it's a it's a strange thing to see, but it also has an impact on the defense, as you mentioned, because the defense has come out looking really good in the first half and then not so much in the second. Uh, I guess the thing that yeah, you're right. It's it's about Ben. He has to be sharper. He has to make better reads. But then when I think at the same time about how the Steelers need to throw deeper downfield, intermediate routes, uh, deeper routes, I also think how that's not exactly playing to your offense's strength. And I, I wonder if you might not see, and this would be a very, very Mike Tomlin thing to have happen, the Steelers just come out Sunday and say, you know what? We tried the intermediate thing. We did that. <laughs> you, you saw it. Okay. Now let's do the thing that we can actually do. And they and they would just go back to the, the standard uh, dink and dunk, quick slants, everything else. I mean, that's a possibility because you have to move the football. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't mean you can't mix some, some intermediate routes in. And I'll say this as well. You and I both saw a different game plan on Sunday against the Bengals. They were going down the field more. Yes. A lot of the fans, though, apparently did not see that because all I got was, well, there's Randy Feekner running the same old offense. That was not the same oh, no, no, old no, no. offense. No, I mean, I just throw some numbers into that. The Steelers had uh, 12. They had eight passes of over 15 yards, meaning in the air, and 12 passes of over 10 yards. Out of those, out of those, exactly one was completed that of course being the touchdown to Deontay Johnson that was it yeah and that and that it's you know the problem right now they're not connecting on some of those passes Tom Brady went through a stretch like this as well in November where Brady was was one for 28 on passes down the field and Bruce was insisting on it Bruce Arians just kept an well, that's that his was, offense that's, that's his what offense. he does yeah so he's, you know, Brady threw his way out of this. You, if you saw the game on, on Saturday, uh, you know, Brady was throwing the ball down the field and completing passes. So it, it's possible for quarterbacks to come out of these things. It's not the end of the world. I also say this, you know, for all this talk about, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's done old quarterbacks, this old quarterbacks, that they were having the same conversation last year with the Chargers is Philip Rivers done. Because Rivers threw 20 interceptions last year. If not for Jameis Winston, everybody would have been talking about what a crappy season that Philip Rivers had with the Chargers, and it was. But he goes to the he goes to the Colts this year. Uh, you know, 22 touchdown passes and nine interceptions. So quarterbacks can figure these things out. Um, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. But I think Roethlisberger will figure out what he can and what he can't do. Uh, he's just such a competitor. 
that I, I expect him to be locked in in this game. Um, you know, we'll we'll see if that's good enough for them to win. Uh, certainly, it would take some bounces. They can't turn the football over three times like they did against the Bengals. You're not going to beat anybody doing that three times in your own end. Uh, but you know, I, I do believe that they need to find a nice mix between. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be throwing 12 passes, you know, 15 yards down the field or anything like that. But they can't just ignore it. No, they can't. They, but it, they have it, to throw some of them. They do, um, I, especially when you consider the the quality and the caliber of Indianapolis's linebackers. Uh, it's one of the best groups in the National Football League. Uh, if the Steelers just let those guys sit at the line of scrimmage and 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 and, and gang up on the line, then everything that we're talking about really is a waste of breath because Ben won't have the time to sit back and look around. And that's another thing that I want to bring up here, Dale, because we see them going out on the field with, you know, four wides and Eric Ebron at tight end, which leaves you with minimal blocking. And I wonder if maybe part of the solution here couldn't be, you know, swinging that in a little bit of a different direction where you say, all right, look, we're going to make a commitment this week to really, really protect Ben and give him time to get comfortable in the offense. Is there a chance that we'll see anything of that sort? And you know what I mean when I say that. Keep an extra guy in, use Vance McDonald, uh, you know, pick up the blitz and so forth. Uh, we saw some of that against Cincinnati where Vance McDonald mm-hmm. was, was staying, you know, staying in and chipping and doing that thing. Certainly they could, they could max protect and send out two or three guys. Uh, but then you're limiting your offense, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and who are your guys that you trust to get open, uh, you know, against well, there's, well, there's Deontay Deontay Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> and then there's Deontay Johnson and Deontay yeah. Johnson, uh, you know, every, you know, everybody loves Juju Smith-Schuster. That's great. Juju's not a guy who gets open uh, on his own a lot. You got to no, he doesn't it up get separation. Uh, Chase Claypool does, but he has trouble getting off the line of scrimmage sometimes. Right. And that, and that's the conundrum that the Steelers have right now. Uh, you know, can they, can they get guys open? Can they, can they have somebody who can get open on their own and, and beat a double, you know, double coverage. If you're, if you're going to max protect, you're only going to send out two or three guys. Uh, they're going to have a lot of guys in coverage on them. So you better figure something out unless you're, you're going to be willing to uh, have the back leak out and dump it off to him. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of that this year. We haven't seen the running backs catch a lot of passes. Now, and last and arguably not least would be the running backs, uh, James Connor is expected back, of course, and Benny Snell is coming off of one of his better performances of the season in Cincinnati. Uh, maybe the offense is only bright spot that night. Uh, is there any chance the the run game somehow miraculously comes to the rescue? I don't know about it coming to the rescue, but I thought they did a much better job of blocking things up uh, against the Bengals, and certainly it was just the Bengals. Uh, but you still have to execute those blocks, and the running backs have to execute uh, the runs and hit the right holes. And, you know, when they don't hit the right holes, you get that third and one stop that happened in that game. That was all on Benny Snell. People want to mm-hmm. blame the blocking. He picked the wrong hole. He went to the wrong hole. It was supposed to go to the next hole to the left. That's where the play was blocked and he picked the wrong one. So, you know, everybody wants to always blame the line when they don't run the ball. Well, sometimes it's on the backs as well. When we come back the other side of the ball and presumably a, a slightly happier, more upbeat Uh, discussion.
back. Steelers versus Colts, 102 p.m. Sunday at Heinz Field. I'm Dayon Kovacevic. He's Dale Lawley. This is our Steelers pregame breakdown podcast. As always, we'll turn the second segment over to the defense. And that's been at least uh, – I don't want to go overboard here because they've had a couple of critical letdowns in the second half uh, in Buffalo and then again against uh, Cincinnati. And – You know, that's understandable, Dale. We're looking at guys out there, particularly on the defensive line, who have logged a lot of hard snaps, not just into the 70s and so forth in terms of volume, but hard snaps down on the line. A lot of people are asking, where's Cam Hayward been? Well, Cam's given it everything he's got, you know? Yeah, and, and that's you know definitely a concern. And again, that's that's how the offense and defense play well off of each other. And, you know, I don't think it can be overstated, uh, you know, getting Vince Williams back for this game, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just a huge thing. Um, you know, it was no coincidence, uh, that several players talk, you know, I, I asked specifically some players this week, Hey, what's it mean to get you get Vince Williams back on the field And a couple different guys answered, well, the communication should be better. He'll be much more, hmm. uh, in command when he's making those calls. So I, I it led me to the, the, the feeling that, Guys were out there making the calls. Marcus Allen was out there making those defensive calls, but really didn't trust what he was saying all the time. And when when your play caller doesn't trust what he's repeating to the other guys, it comes across. It comes across. It's it's the same way as a quarterback getting into the huddle and going, "Okay, uh, we're going to go." Uh, let me think here. Let me think about this. <laughs> it's just everybody looks at the guy and going, "Are you kidding me? What are we running here?" And then when he calls it, you're going, "Okay, uh, is that really what the call was?" <laughs> because you don't know. And so I think having Vince Williams out there uh, for that communication aspect will help quite a bit in this game. A little, yeah. not, not the, <laughs> he's also been playing really well. Yeah, I was going to say on top of that, if you know, you're hoping, first of all, that Vince is uh, okay. There, he seems to give his own mixed signals on his COVID symptoms during the time that he was out, uh, once saying that, you know, he was having a hard time breathing and so forth. And another, like about two hours later saying, Hey, I'm absolutely okay. Uh, You know, let's hope that he's fully recovered because if he is on top of everything else, Dale, Vinny's going to be the freshest guy out there. Yeah. That's, Um, I mean, that's one of the nice things about this is, you know, you've, you've gotten some guys who've, who've gotten a chance to, uh, you know, take a break um and and get a, a week away without having the bye week although you know obviously it's cost them a couple of games here because I, I certainly think that if they had Vince Williams uh you know the Bengals aren't running the ball uh would they run the, the oh. eight, eight out of nine plays were runs on their on their touchdown drive um he's not going to get sucked in on these things he's going to again well, he he sure wouldn't have let Giovanni Bernard command the field the way he did no no, for the better and, part of the evening. And no. fall forward. Giovanni yeah. Bernard was falling forward. Yes, he was. He, he's not doing that if Vince Williams is out there. No, it's, he it's is not. It's easier to do that when, when 210-pound Marcus Allen is hitting you as opposed to 250-pound uh, Vince Williams who brings it uh, you know, like a Mack truck. And he's punishing, too. Vinny's yeah. not looking to stop the running game. He's looking to punish the running back. It's a different approach. Uh, and I, I have a feeling that you're going to see – uh, in this case, literally an impact made by Vinny in his return. Uh, there's a tendency, I think, Dale, over the last couple of weeks to look at right outside linebacker and say, well, it's it's all Bud. This is because they're 0-3 without Bud. 
Is it really that simple? Is it just a matter of looking at Alex Highsmith? Because I can see some of it. You know what I'm saying? Like when Bud's out there, when Bud and TJ are out there together, it's an elite defense. It's something that another team can't counter. Now you can double that when you're talking about a team that will now be facing the Steelers with neither of its offensive tackles. I just wonder to what degree, what is the drop-off between, between Bud and Highsmith? I mean, it's, it's it's really big right now, and there's no doubt about that. And to expect Alex Highsmith to come in and play at, at Bud Dupree's level, uh, it just is not realistic. Dupree, to me, was having a, a Pro Bowl, if not an All-Pro mm-hmm. season when he went out. Uh, you know, the fact that he didn't make the Pro Bowl this year, I thought was was a travesty, especially in, in, in favor of Matthew Judon. Yeah, weird. And in his in his whole, he has all of five sacks. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, meaning, meaning Judon. Yeah. yeah. Judon. Yeah. yeah. One of the most overrated players in the league, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, we'll see that in the off season when one of them gets a, uh, a contract worth $20 million a year and the other one gets about 12. Uh, that will be the difference there. Uh, but Bud's just, you know, fr- hang on a second, Dale, yeah. because you, you say, I, I'm not disagreeing even remotely here. I just want to add that we have seen in football for a very, very long time, that when there is a player on one side of a bookend combo like that, the other player will tend to have his numbers uh, either downplayed or ignored or his overall performance ignored. I'm thinking, I mean, going back here and uh, in, in referencing uh, the now unfortunately late Kevin Green, Kevin Green got all the glory, but it was Greg Lloyd that was doing all the disrupting on the other end. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, We've seen that for years. The Steelers would have somebody opposite James Harrison, and everyone would say, yeah, but it's all James. It's all James. And I I wonder if some of that lack of recognition for Bud isn't just because T.J. Watt's opposite him. To a certain degree, yes. And, and T.J. broke out first uh, in terms of the, you know having a big sack numbers. Uh, but Bud, in, in his own right, uh, again, if, if, you, if you had those two guys line up and race, if you had them do a weightlifting contest, if you oh, had Bud them, wins. Bud, Bud wins, wins every time. And TJ will tell you that, right? Himself. Yeah, right. Bud's just a—he's a physical freak. Yep. Uh, you know, when Mike Tomlin was talking earlier in the, in the season about Lamar Jackson and, and replicating Lamar Jackson, he said, "Well, we we could put Bud Dupree at quarterback and do that." That's mm-hmm. what kind of athlete this guy is. It took him a little while to, to get that, uh, but he's got it. it. It's there now. The light is on, and, and he's a tremendous football player. Uh, in his own right. I know a lot of people wanted to poo-poo the numbers from last year. Well, that's because he's playing opposite TJ. I, I think we saw this year that wasn't you know necessarily the case. He's a very good football player in his own right. Uh, and what I think, while it, it, it certainly is still being disruptive and productive, I think you're, you're seeing more and more double teams heading his way now as well. And that that's slowing him down a bit. And that's the thing that I worry about with him is that is he going to get worn down more quickly because he's getting more attention because Bud's not on the other side. You know, the last thing I want to bring up on today's show is a great line that you had in your kickoff preview feature that's on our site, DK Pittsburgh Sports, uh, in which you said that you're going to go with a younger quarterback. Um, <laughs> that of course, that of course happens to be Ben in this matchup. If you're facing Philip Rivers, and you know that he's got neither tackle, to what extreme, if you're Keith Butler, are you bringing the house and saying, "I'm just going to let everything else fall where it may"? 
Well, you know, the one thing that Rivers will do is get the ball out of his hands, and he'll he'll take the quick dump-offs and those kind of things, so you're not going to fool him uh, necessarily. But I'm definitely bringing Mike Hilton on some blitzes. I'm definitely bringing Vince Williams on some blitzes. I want to disrupt him as much as possible. I want to get him off of his spot because when you make Phillip Rivers get on the move, uh, even if you don't get him on the ground, he will throw interceptions. He gets irritated. He does get irritated. He gets see it. I mean, for as long as he's been in the league, Dale, he gets more visibly rattled than any quarterback in the NFL, you know? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And so, you know, if you if you want to let him sit back there and 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 get rid of the football and, you know, like like Roethlisberger has, these both of these quarterbacks will get the ball out of their hands quickly. Both of them. Uh but Rivers will take a few shots down the field. It when he does line up to take those shots, you got to get guys on him and I would I would send the house at him. I would try to get after him. I want to, you know, get him on the ground, make him feel pressure. Uh, when you do that with Philip Rivers, he will uh, force the football and he will make mistakes. He's Dale Lawley. I'm Dan Kovacevic. This has been the Steelers pregame breakdown podcast on DK Sports Radio. Thanks so much for listening. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.